Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Well, good morning. COVID-free, good morning. Good morning. That's better. That's much, much better. Because I need you to be awake today. Because I've spent a lot of time getting what I'm getting, and I, I do not do not want to waste it today. And uh, you need to be today just to be prepared. Uh, you got to stop trying. You got to stop trying to be something that you already are. The problem that we face is not that we haven't got it; is we don't think we've got it. See, you could have something, but if you don't believe you've got it, you act like you don't have it. Father, we just thank you that today you're going to change lives. You're going to change mindsets. You're going to, as the word has already gone, you're going to set us on a new trajectory that we're not going to be on the same level that we were. And so, Father, I just pray right now, I bind every activity of the enemy. I bind every distraction. I bind every phone reminder, computer reminder, whatever reminders we have that we need to do. Father, we just stop them right now. And, Father, we put ourselves and we position ourselves to be taught by the Holy Spirit, but not just information, but transformation that we live in what we've been taught. Father, this is not an educational. This is not motivational. This is life-changing. For Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Okay, I want you to... We got to... The Bible doesn't... God doesn't call you Christians. He calls you believers. A believer is somebody that's gone through the process, he's no longer going through the process, he has arrived. Say this out aloud, I have arrived. You know what's really interesting is I was just thinking about this. When I first met Pastor Sylvie, she wasn't Pastor Sylvie, she was Sylvie Becker. And um, I just looked at her and something inside of me said, she belongeth to you. And then being a really good Christian boy, I prayed. I said, Father, I bags her in Jesus' name. From now on, every guy that looks at her will be blinded. And Sylvie, every time a guy comes back by, there's going to be a covering over her eyes. She's only going to have eyes for me. God answered my prayer. But what happened was I went through a process to get married. So I went to the process of dating. I went to the process of her mum and dad. Her, her mum and dad set me for two and a half hours and roasted me. That was before I could even take her to a prayer meeting. So they asked me everything. I agreed with everything. I became a missionary. I became a doctor. I became a lawyer. I did it. Whatever they said, I, I, I won this, right? Did, did all that. So we went through the process. And then on mid-afternoon in Richmond in 1983 on the 19th of March, a man of God said, 
I now pronounce you man and wife. From then on, everything that I did and thought had to change. I no longer could think single. And something else happened. I'm from a family of 11, right? I always wanted my own room. Then I got married and I still didn't get my own room. I had to share a room. <laughs> but what happened was this, is I transitioned from dating to being married. And I've looked at some marriages, and here's something for you. The quickest way to have a lousy marriage is to act like a single person when you're married to someone. All the married people said, all the married people watching, nudge your husband, nudge your wife. See, what, what happened was this, is that I had to make a transition my transition was the word of God that said, you are no longer two, you are one. You no longer are in an individual that thinks only for themselves. So there was a transition that I went one to the other. See, when God says that you're a believer, that means you've gone through a transition. Now watch this. God doesn't need physical death to make you a believer. You're not going through it. You don't become a believer when you die and go to heaven. You know what that means? If you believe that, you believe that the power of God isn't strong enough without death. You okay? See, if I believe that I am not a believer now, that one day that when I get to heaven, God will pronounce me, you are now a believer. You know what he's saying then? My death on the cross wasn't sufficient. I need you to die physically, go from, heaven, from earth to heaven for you to be a believer. God doesn't need death to make you. He needed his death to make you. So... What we are doing today is we are making a transition that I am not trying to have faith, I already have faith. I'm not trying to be clean, I already am clean. I am no longer trying to be righteous, I am righteous. I am not trying to be justified, redeemed, sanctified, I already am. See, the problem we have today is we have powerful men and women that are not acting in who they are and are behaving and believing as if they are still in a process while they are not. Now, look at this. I love this verse. So don't try to believe you're a believer. I want you to stop trying to believe. Okay? Say to yourself, stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. Stop trying to get healed. You're already healed. The Bible, have you ever noticed this? Can, um, now, I've only finished year 10, so uh, um, English is my second language. I think I belong in Singapore. Uh, you can make anything up there, especially in Malaysia. But, but the thing is, what I do understand about English is that when the Bible talks about being healed, it's always talking about past tense, not present tense. The Bible says, by his stripes, I am healed. Correct? That means the process for the healing for your body has already been approved and delivered. 
See, salvation isn't a process. Salvation is a done deal between God and the Father. That means your sin is dealt with, and now you move on. Now listen to this. For actually, you already have everything. It has all been given for your benefit. Can I, best way I can put this is this. If you do not take God's word seriously, you will not take yourself seriously. If you do not take God seriously, you will not take your prayer seriously. Isn't it amazing that we pray for something and then we, we ask God for it, then we act like we still haven't got it? Uh. I know it's Sunday morning. I, I, I get it. See, the, see, let me just say this. Your problem is not that you haven't got enough faith. Your problem is, is that you don't believe you do. See, the, the, now watch this. Let me just show you this. When Jesus died on the cross, what he did was this. He took his blood... As you see in the Old Testament, that the lamb was sacrificed, the blood was collected, then everything else was sprinkled to make holy. And then he went into the holy of holies, and he sprinkled the Ark of the Covenant. The moment the blood touched, everybody that believed in the blood was taken to where the blood was, clean and perfect. So when Jesus died on the cross, he took his blood, went into heaven, sprinkled the holy sanctuary, and then what did he do? He sat down. The priest in the Old Testament, the one piece of furniture that didn't exist in the temple was the chair. You did, you, if you had weak legs, you could not be a priest. Can you imagine you going for priesthood? The first thing they ask you, I want you to just stand there. Why that? Because if you can't stand, because you're not allowed to sit, the moment you sit, you're in big trouble. The reason Jesus sat, the reason the high priest could not sit is because the offering had to be made over and over and over and over again. When he was in a standing position, it reminded everybody that saw him, it's not finished yet. But when Jesus sat down, he says, everything that needs to be done for you now and for eternity has already been completed. So when Jesus died, for actually you already have everything, it has been given for your benefit. What we want to do today, I'm, I'm going to take this series. If you've been I'm listening to my words of encouragement, it's been about faith, about faith, about faith. Now, what we need is a foundation. Now, have a look at Zechariah. Have I got this right? Oh, hold on. Here we go. Oh, no. I'm going to, this is really good. Oh, here we go. Everybody start praying for me. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We're just... I'm having one of these mornings. It's good. Listen to this. I will take away their abnormal religious practices. Then those who survive will become a community of believers in our God. 
like the clan of Judah and Archon will be will be like the Jezebites. There was a, uh, we won't go into that, but God elevated a group of people that were not a people and made them a priesthood. Now watch this. When I remove their religious practices, what's a religious practice? A religious practice is a practice that God doesn't want you to practice. A religious practice is a practice that God doesn't want you to practice. Let me tell you one thing God does want you to practice. Get up every morning and go, oh God, I am a sinner. I am so unworthy. Oh God, uh, just one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking. Don't ever sing that again. That's a practice. You know what's, do you know what is an unlawful practice? Is keep thinking that you're a sinner trying to make it you know what's not a practice? is always thinking that you start again. You know what? Let me go back to my first illustration with Sylvie. I don't get up in the morning and go, oh, there's a woman in my bed. Quickly call the priest. Let's get married. Can you imagine that every day we start off, do you take this man? You know, if I did that, um, Sylvie would do things that would hurt me quite a bit. She just went, come on, we think of it as stupid, correct? But how is it that we keep thinking that we are starting over and over again? Now listen to me carefully. If you fall, if you make a sin, you ask God to forgive you, he restores you back to fellowship. It doesn't say if you make a mistake, you go back to square one and you've got to start all over again. Listen to me carefully, right? Because you, you, you're smart. Those watching are smart. You're smart. You are. Your first repentance is when you get saved. So therefore, with the first time I repented, I came to God as a sinner. Fully blown sin. Total darkness. I came to God. I asked in God, I repent of my sin. I became a son. Now, what happens when a son sins? He breaks fellowship. He doesn't break relationship. Okay. The best way I can use is marriage. It's relationship. Um, can I be really... I... I've had a lot of arguments with Sylvie. Mm -hmm. Most of them, most of the things we argue about is my mistakes. Okay. Now, now so, so I do something stupid. I go, honey, I am so sorry. You know, it is like she's got a, she's, she's holding a cup of coffee in her hand, right? And I see a roundabout. And I go, I don't need to slow down. Right? So I'm just thinking, oh, this is really good. So I go into the roundabout. I, I sneak it in right, change the gear. Wow, it's beautiful. Except, Sylvia's now got a new perfume on called Espresso. Now, I blew it. All the men, come on, brothers, don't, don't leave me preaching alone. Right? We now have broken fellowship. 
If, I had, if there was an ejector seat in the car, she would have pressed it. <laughs> right, so now we're broken fellowship. So what do we do? Do I go, oh, honey, um, we need to find a priest. We need to sign all the forms. We need to get married again. Start all over again. No. I said, hey, babe, I'm sorry. She goes, you're forgiven. We're back. <laughs> see, some of, so, see the, the, the principle is there. Just want you to get this out of you. If, c- come on, we how many of you seen coming to church this morning? I, I actually did. There was a guy that did something in front of me that was really stupid, so I said something in my mind. I did, <laughs> Pastor Stuart was reading the Bible. Like, I'm not going to say it out loud. <laughs> right? And, and I didn't go, oh, no. i got to go back to being born again. No. See, one of the things that you do, that's where the Bible says. See, what, what happens is this, is when you deliberately sin, you take a step away from God and there's a broken relationship. The moment you just say, God, I'm really sorry, you go straight back. See, God never leaves you. It's you that leave God. Okay, did that help? It helps me. Okay, so what you have is you become a community of believers in that God. So originally, even in the Old Testament, God said, I am calling you believers, present and tense. So what he's saying is here, the process has happened, you are now a believer. Now listen to this. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the festival of the Passover, many became believers in him through watching the miracles he performed. John 2.23. Now I want you to notice, they became believers. The process had stopped. There has to be at the end. So what was happening is they walked and they looked at Jesus. The process was happening. And at one given time, the process has stopped. And they said, we are now believers. And he spoke. Many became believers in him. The best example I can put up to you, I mentioned it before, was one young lady where I did three meetings night meetings in Brisbane and um, right at the end this lady comes up up to me and said Pastor, Pastor Ted, Pastor Ted I've got some great news you, halfway through your meeting I received my healing so I said what happened? well she goes well uh, I've, I've caught a disease and uh, the problem the problem in the, um, the medication I'm receiving, it's all experimental because I can't define what the disease is. And, and I, was ne- I never believed that God would heal me because of certain reasons. And she said this, like every first night you answered questions, second night you answered questions, third night you answered questions, and halfway through your message. I had no more questions about my faith that God wants to heal me. I went through three nights of process, but when I got there, I got healed. So what what we need to do is to start to believe that you have gone through the process. Listen to this. This is now the church. Everybody say church. This is now talking about you. In those days, Peter stood among the, among the what? 
people that have gone through the process are gathering about 120 people. And he said, so I want you to notice the church, the first church meeting, they weren't even called the church, they were called believers. People that have gone through the process and have ended the process. I am no longer an inquirer, I am a believer. I am no longer investigating faith, I have faith. I'm no longer thinking about becoming a believer, I am a believer. I am no longer putting it off into heaven, I've got it here on earth. Now, have a look at this. The believers continued to devote themselves to what the apostles were teaching. Stop right there. They did not have Google Pastor. They did not have Instagram. They didn't have the written word of God like the Bible we have. What they did is they were eating from one source. I want you to put this verse and then connect it back to Zechariah. It was, when I set you free from religious practices. Do you realize that some of the stuff we believe about ourselves is so muddied by theological arguments, people's opinions, that we don't know who we are anymore? Smile at me. If you've got a mask, um, do this with your eyes that I know you're smiling. See, the thing is, I've got squinted eyes. You don't know whether I'm smiling or not. <laughs> My kids always used to look at me like, Dad, when you, when you smile, can you see it? Sometimes. <laughs> but I want you to, they continued themselves in apostle teaching to fellowship, breaking bread, and times of prayer. So what you have here is that the apostles were teaching believers. That is why some of our teaching needs to change is I am not preaching to you to get you to have faith. I am preaching to you because I know you have faith. See, there's a huge difference when I'm standing in front of thousands that don't know Jesus. But there is, a, there is another level when I'm talking to believers. See, a believer doesn't have to take years and years and years to get through something. See, a believer is someone that knows that he can download into practicality what the Word of God has said. Look, look at this. You, you, you're getting good? You're okay? If you don't believe, if you believe you are in a process, you are limit, you're not taking God seriously. And if you don't take God seriously, your prayer is not serious. Your walk is not serious. Your worship is not serious. And if it's not serious... God says he doesn't please me. The Bible says the only way to please me is by faith. I can't get over this, but we got to start to take ourselves seriously. Take your, take your prayer. You, you can tell when you take yourself seriously. After you pray, you act on your prayer. Do you realize today, I was seriously worshiping Jesus do you know how I know? I acted like it. I'm acting like God's pleased with me. 
I'm not thinking, gee, I hope, I hope dad. See, when I worship, God does something to my voice. I, I, I'm, <laughs> we were renting a house when you first got married, and they had a, had a house down the back, so you used to have a laneway that used to go down to the house, and that was where the bathroom was. I used to sing in the shower until my neighbor came up, and, and he said, your singing sucks. <laughs> oh, I stopped that. But you see what happens is this. Is you will be surprised when you start to take yourself seriously. You would be surprised what will happen in, in all your relationships if you start to take them seriously. You'd be surprised when you take the word seriously. You would be surprised that you, got, you had a prophet speaking to you today about God's word. You take that seriously. Here's the problem. Is that sometimes we look at the person and if we don't take that person seriously, God's speaking to him seriously and you don't get it. Because you cancelled out because of the way I dress or whatever I do. Mm-hmm. I might hymn. I might start singing hymns. No, okay. Just thought it would scare some of you, right? Now, look at Galatians. So then, while we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all the people. Not only being helpful, but doing what? That which is, promotes their spiritual well-being. Just, just stop there. A natural, if you don't believe, you take yourself seriously, you cannot build me up spiritually. See, because I take Pastor Silva seriously. She gets middle of the night, she goes, Ted, I have a word. I take that seriously. That's the struggle with some of you. If people go, why don't people listen to me? Okay, the question is not why don't people listen to you. Why don't you take yourself seriously? See, when you take yourself seriously, people will take you seriously. Okay. And especially to be a blessing to those that are of the house. Hold off. Say it with me. Say it. Come on. A household of faith. Not a household that wants to be faith. The Bible calls the church the household of faith. It doesn't say it is a school that makes disciples into believers or whatever. It calls us the household of faith. Listen to this. Born again Believers. What is a, what's a, okay, uh, let me ask you, what's a born-again believer? A born-again believer is a believer that has gone through the process, is no longer doubting that they are fully washed. A full-on born-again believer believes that when Jesus forgives he removes and he doesn't remember. A full on born again believer takes the word seriously. And when you take the word seriously, you take yourself seriously. You cannot. Separate the seriousness of the word and your own self. Because the Bible says we are one. Excuse me, what? 
How can two walk together if they haven't been tied together? How can two walk together unless they agree? How can you walk with God unless you agree? And if we can't agree on the fundamental entrance into a holy life, which is believing that you are 100% clean, how do you expect to go to the rest? How do you expect to move in the power of the Holy Ghost when you're still not convinced that God has washed all your sins away? Mm Mm-hmm. Smile. See, the answer test to maturity is do you really believe? Have you stopped thinking about it but go, I know that I haven't got a past that my past was totally dissolved by the blood of the Lamb. It no longer exists, and there is no record of it in heaven or earth. In A born-again believer believes that he has received everything already. You know what happened to me this morning? Can I show you something really incredible? I got up took the car keys and drove the car without asking anyone. Seriously. I'm I'm being serious. I I, I know. I, I took the keys. The car opened. I pressed the button. It started and I drove off. And I never had to ask permission. Come on. Why why don't I have to ask permission? Because I was given permission that I can use this car. Done. Deal. So therefore, I no longer have to ask. Excuse me? Um, Can I take it really deep? Isn't it amazing? Before you know the will of God... You go, God, do you want to heal me? And then God reveals himself to you that I have already healed you. Do you realize from then on, from then on you no longer ask to be healed. You come and praise him because to receive your healing. When you don't know the will of God, you approach him through a process. But when the process is done, you never have to ask the same question again. You okay? See, you know what a non-believer does? They keep asking the same question. Jesus, do you love me? Jesus, do you love me? Jesus, can you heal me? Jesus, can you do this? See, a born-again believer takes Isaiah 53 so seriously that he never, ever has to ask God's question. Do you love me? Will you forgive me? Will you heal me? Will you heal me is a process statement that a person is going through because he doesn't know the answer. You're really deep now. Now, see, this is deep because this is what's stopping you now. It's because we spend most of our time asking God to do what he's already said yes to. 
The Bible says all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Isn't that amazing that Jesus doesn't have to say, Ted, you need to be born again today. You need to be born again. You need to be born again. So what we move is this. Now listen to this. We're going to come in for a quick landing here. You have all become true children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Now I want you to just, that's not, can I, um, I want to, just before we finish, I want you to deal with this we become so familiar with Scripture that it passes us by. The reason you become familiar with Scripture is because you read it as information like you read a library book. Do you know that the Bible never says that if you memorize Scripture, you'll be healed? The Bible doesn't say if you go to church, you'll get to heaven. It's not the word that you can quote that takes you through. It's the word you believe. So many people are going around quoting it, sticking it up on their wall, and they're going, how come it doesn't work for me? How come it doesn't work for me? Now watch this. You have all become true children of God by faith in Him. Now, let me just say something here that God spoke to me today. As I was... Um, as I was to, to me, this is so pivotal because I could not sleep last night. I got, I got to bed about one-ish, no, about 12, and just could not sleep. So I went up, went downstairs and started to see God, and God gave me this to it. He says, faith is not like money. Once you spend it, it's gone. See, when we talk about money, I work for money, I spend the money, I enjoy a thing, and then I have to work it all over again. Correct? I don't know about you, but every time I use my credit card, I get a little notice. It's always, when I bought something, it always goes down, never up. Have you ever noticed that? Or is it just my credit card? I, I'm, I'm, I'm ticked off at this bank because every time I use it, it doesn't go up, it goes down. See, some of us treat faith like we treat money. That I've got the money, I buy what I need, now I have to work for it to get it again. But see, when God puts faith inside of you, he does not take it away. Okay, just watch this with me. The greatest miracle that has ever happened and is still happening is that you were dead and now you're alive. The born-again miracle is greater than receiving $1 million. The born-again miracle is more valuable than being the richest, most powerful man or woman on the globe. Do you realize that you were dead, now you became alive? That faith to do that is still inside of you. It's never left you. So God didn't do this. I've given you one faith. I've given you faith for salvation. And once you've used it, it's gone. We live by inheritance, not by work. What does that mean? There is an inheritance of faith. See, when you live of inheritance, it's an endless supply. 
when you live off your own strength, you get tired and you got to rest. you got to do all of that to do it again, correct? But your faith is an inheritance from God. So therefore it means that your faith doesn't get tired. Your faith doesn't get weary. Your faith never hides. Your faith is bold. Your faith never quivers. Your faith never uh, pretends. So what we have is this. Listen to this. We have become. Now I'm going to finish on this. My old identity has been crucified with Christ. Just stop right there. Your old identity was always trying to be good. Your old identity was always double-guessing yourself. Your old identity kept waking up every morning feeling the same negative thoughts. Your old identity was hiding from God. Your old identity said, I am not good enough. Your old identity said, you'll never be anything. Your old identity said, you're going to be like your mom. You're going to be like your dad. Your old identity said, you're not educated. Your old identity says, you haven't got the talent. You don't know the people. You don't know that. Your old identity looked in the mirror and says, how come you're so ugly? Your old identity said, so-and-so said this. Your old identity loved darkness, loved hiding. Your old identity, every time it saw somebody prosper, you got upset because you felt that they had something more than you. Your old identity, how you did your life, how you did it, is gone. Not, Not just gone, it's dead. Listen to me, and you can't even resurrect it. You've got to make another one up. See, I don't go back to my old identity because it's dead. If I want that, I've got to recreate it. And that's work. It takes work to be depressed. Because you've got to talk to yourself. And no longer lives. Hey, church, come on, listen to this carefully. The thing that kept you down no longer exists. So what does that mean? You lived in doubt, but now you're in faith. The, the doubts that you had before you became a believer are gone. Just, just ponder on that. So let me ask you a question. Then where do doubts come from? They're no longer coming from yourself. Where are they coming from? The devil. Think about this. My old doubts are gone. So now if I'm doubting, I'm getting it from a different source. The thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. Where is your new doubt coming from? He who kills, he who steals, he who destroys. Come on, that's going to be a burden off your mind. It's not me. Thank you, sir. See, the thing is, right, let's take that seriously. So Satan comes up to you and he says, would you like a side order of guilt with your food? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, would you? Yeah, would, hey, you, you want a side order of uh, condemnation with your poverty? Oh, yeah, here you go. Oh, look, hey, there's a two for one deal. You know, hey, get poverty, get lack at the same time. Oh, yeah. Listen to me. The thing that was in you that was creating the chaos out of you no longer exists. And now, the essence of a new life is no longer, so now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, but for the anointed one who lives his life through me. We live in union as one. Just want you to stop there. Do you realize what's happened here? This is what we're talking about born again experience. The thing that was dead, the doubt, the, all of that, God took out, but he replaced it with himself. Let that dawn on you. What's living inside of me is not a refurbished Ted Fabianic. It's the Son of God. Listen to this. It goes further. We live in union as one. How can two walk together if they don't go in the same direction? Then this says, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God. Stop right there. So whose faith have you got? Whose? I need you to say it. When I first started saying this, it was strange. Because I've always tried to build Ted's faith. I have always went for prayer. Listen, most of you have never done this. One time I spent like $5,000 to go to America to get prayed for, to get extra faith. And guess what? It worked for about a couple of months and then went back to normal. Because the thing is, I'm not trying to improve Ted. Ted's dead. Long live Ted. Listen to what the Bible, this is not a suggestion, church. Hey, this is, God's not suggesting a metaphor. It's not, um, this is not a motivation. He's just saying this, that the faith for you to get saved was my faith. So the question is, why are we trying to replace God's faith that gave us the greatest miracle with our own faith? Get up every morning and go, today I'm going to live by the faith of God. Do you, know, you know when you got the faith of God? Do you know when you get the faith of God? You never say words like, I can't afford that. You never say this, I can't forgive that. I get people coming up to me and saying, Ted, that person hurt me. How can I forgive them? I go, hey, if you rely on your faith to forgive them, you're going to struggle. But it's the faith of God. When you have the faith of God, you're not scared of catching disease. It's a game changer. And then he says this, who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. That's your reality. 
what you need to do today is stop trying. Stop trying. Can you, um, just a challenge. I want you to find me a scripture where God was trying to make something happen and it didn't work. Find me the time when God says, when Jesus says, I just can't do it. Peter, you're too thick. Andrew, you're too wild. Matthew, you're too taxable. Jesus says this, when your strength gives up, my strength keeps increasing. When your faithfulness dies, my faith keeps increasing. When your self-esteem dies, my self-esteem in you increases. See, what we've done is we have buried the God faith, elevated our faith, and we're trying to do the spiritual using the natural. I've got another hour, (laughs) but I'm not going to. So what you need to do today is take these scriptures. You're going to find this on on our church channel. You can do this. Start to go over them. And from now on, call yourself a believer. I have gone through the process. I am no longer questioning. I am no longer reasoning. I have come to the fact that I am a believer. I am fully forgiven that my sin does no longer exist. I am now an heir of God. I am a co-heir with Jesus Christ. That means this, everything that Jesus owns, I own. If we, to do one simple thing today, is to go, okay, I am a believer. I'm going to take that seriously. And now I am going to think like I have never sinned. I am going to speak like I've never sinned. I am going to pray like i never sinned. I am going to pray that there's nothing between me and God. Okay, I've got so much, I actually don't know how to stop. Because the reason being is this. Right now, you have been given the keys for your breakthrough. Right now, you have been given something that is so precious, and that's called the Word of God. If you just treat it like, oh, Ted, that's a great message, then, then, then uh, I'm, I'm, I feel for you. But if you look at it, this is God speaking to me right now. This is God calling me. This is God chastising me. What does chastise mean? It means correcting. God is saying to you, Ted, stop thinking like that. Ted, stop doing this. Now that you believe this, act like it. Let your actions become the representative of what you believe. So from now on, listen to me carefully. And I know I'm going on, but you need to hear this. You, when you got born again, you gave up the right to call yourself anything except what God calls you. You gave it up. It died. I no longer have the right to give my own definition. My definition comes from God himself. Let's pray. Father, I just come to you right now in the name of Jesus. 
Father, I just pray for everyone that is in this auditorium at Faith Life. Father, all those that are watching online, all those that are going to be hearing the podcast, Father, from here and around the globe, I just now just release the faith of God. I release this anointing that is in this place right into your living room, right into your car, right into your office, that you will now get a revelation. You will get a revelation of who God is to you, that you get a revelation. I am no longer in the process, but I have finished the process. I am now a believer, and I now live by the faith of the Son of God. And so, Father, from this day onward, I am a believer. My process has stopped. My questioning has stopped in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, if if you don't know Jesus, the faith you need to get saved is right in your heart right now. And the Bible says if we believe with the heart, Confess with a mouth, we will be saved. So if, if you're here today and you've never made the decision, I'm going to ask you, let, let's do something. If you're watching, let's do something. So Father, right now, I come to you. Father, I am a sinner. I can't save myself. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again for me and you took all my sin all my sickness, all my disease, all my lack, you took that away from me. And right now, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. You are my healer. You are my provider. You are everything. And from today onward, with the power of the Holy Spirit, I will walk a renewed life by the faith of Jesus. Amen and amen. If you've made the decision and you're here, you want to talk to us, we'll be down the back. If you're watching online, there's a link just below me which you can click on and we'd love to get you some stuff. Hey, God bless you. Hey, looking forward to next week. We've got an amazing, amazing preacher coming to you next week. Hey, God bless you and thank you.